We've all heard the phrase, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But it's not just about slowing things down. It's also about going the distance. Many wedding pros start off at a breakneck pace, but don't know how to take it down a notch. Even seasoned professionals still get stuck at high speed each year during peak season. If you want a career that lasts, and you love doing it every day, no matter what time of the year, you have to operate with principles for long-term success. In this week's episode of Own Your Business, I share how booking too much almost sunk my own success, eight principles I learned actually running a marathon, and practical ways to apply it all to your business this peak season. Own Your Business is a podcast for event professionals who want to grow with proven approaches. I'm Sam Jacobson, a sales, pricing, and copywriting expert in the wedding industry. Throughout my career, I've booked hundreds of events for millions in revenue. I've also led teams in premium and luxury markets. Now I coach people like you with my company, ID Action Consulting. It's not easy to run a business, especially if it's a business of one, because we aren't born knowing everything. Like you, I had experts who showed me the way when I was starting out and when I was ready to level up. I hope this podcast gives you the confidence to own your business. So my first job selling weddings was at a resort up in Washington State, Roach Harbor Resort on San Juan Island. It's where Katie and I live right now. And I was plucked out of the restaurants where I had been managing for a few years and moved into catering, venue sales. It was short notice. Somebody had left to take care of a family emergency. And I was the most qualified person, even though I had never been at a wedding on the catering side. But I figured my way. And after a few years, I actually got kind of good at selling the weddings. And by the time I hit my fourth or fifth year, I was willing to pick up the pace. So in my last year, after eight years of doing this, I felt like I had finally mastered it. It took me that long to figure out exactly what I needed to do to close at really high rates at really high prices. And we were doing about 100 events that last year. I use dynamic pricing to help fill the calendar. And this is really easy, especially for venues to do because the date's flexible. And essentially what you do is you charge more for peak dates and less for non-peak dates. And the key is to do two things. One, charge more and make more for your prime dates, Saturdays in the summer in the Pacific Northwest. But the other thing that you want to do is you want to sell shoulder season and non-peak days of the week. And... We used it very, very effectively. The result was a lot of midweek weddings. I'm talking like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. So fast forward to that eighth year, and I had gone from selling just about a dozen events in July and August to 60 events in July and August. 60. There's only 62 days in the year. We did one wedding per day, one event per day. It was busy. And the banquet team was ready to kill me. I swear, I thought I was going to get a chef knife in my back at some point. And that's because my goal was to book as many events as possible. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to book as many events as I could. But the GM, who had more of a global view of the impact that that kind of booking pace had on our team, and the F&B director, who was trying to keep the chef knives out of his back as well, they had a little intervention with me. They had to let me know that it was time to slow it down. Now, at the resort, we had three very specific goals. We knew exactly what it was that we were doing with events. Number one, sell hotel rooms. Number two, sell food and beverage at a profit. And number three, create an emotional bond to the property. We wanted people to come back as leisure travelers. Now, 
the reason why they had the invention with me was because I wasn't really focused as I needed to be on these three goals. In the peak months, on non-peak days of the week, in July and August, we were already sold out of hotel rooms. And I knew this because I was a lodging director too, not just doing the event sales, but I managed the entire lodging operation. We didn't need to bring groups in. We had tons of leisure travel interest. Also, for the food and beverage at a profit goal, the culinary team could only do so many covers in a day between all the different outlets that we had. We had a fine dining restaurant, we had a casual bar and grill, we had a cafe, ice cream and espresso, and catering. And there was only so much labor to produce all that food and beverage. And the regular food and beverage outlets suffered when we had too much going on with catering, especially during our peak season. And then lastly, for that emotional bond of the property goal, we already had thousands of people at the resort during the summer. People were coming up on day trips or when they were visiting other parts of San Juan Island. Why do we need to have a few hundred more over the course of Monday through Thursday in the middle of the week? I had the right idea, but I took it too far. All right, so 2015 rolls around. I moved to Dallas soon after that super busy season, and I get a job running operations at Todd Events, big luxury planning design decor firm. And I had plenty to sink my teeth into at work. We had so much going on, 65,000 square feet of warehouses in two different cities and a team of people that got close to 100 when we were running at full tilt. But it was way harder for me to stay busy at home. I had a daughter who was with me less than half the time because I had just gone through a divorce recently. And because I had relocated from one side of the country to the other, I had a really small social circle because I was new. I didn't know anybody. So there wasn't a lot of activity for me outside of the house. And there's only so much that I could do that didn't involve eating tons of queso, which I knew was not good for my arteries. I think really the thing though was that I was in a really tiny apartment instead of a house on four acres with lots of things to do around the property. I needed to get outside. So I started running. Now, I had ran a half marathon a couple years before, but I hadn't done any running since. I wasn't really a fan of running. I played a lot of sports. I was kind of a jock in high school all throughout my childhood. But I didn't like just running for the sake of it. If there was a ball involved, great. But just running, pounding the pavement? No, thank you. And at this point in 2015, I couldn't even run a mile without walking for about half of it. And even then, I was still winded. But eventually, after pushing myself, I got to a good place after a couple weeks. And finally, because I am who I am and I love a good goal, I decided to set a goal to run the Dallas Marathon four months later. Now, if you know anything about running a marathon and all the training that goes involved, it is not easy to do that in four months. Going from couch to 26 miles is hard. And I was training in hot temps that fall, but I did the work. I put in the miles. However, I did run out of time with a long run max of 21 miles, still five miles short of what I needed to do to actually finish the marathon. When I did it in December, the marathon was super hard. I mean, really hard, harder than I thought. And I re-aggravated an old injury from a broken leg. I limped across the finish line five hours after I started, but I finished. And that was what was important. During the run, I had lots of time to think about metaphors and connections with the world around me and with businesses. This is what I do. Not just when I run or when I lift weights or exercise, but also when I go on hiking and backpacking trips. I love thinking about how the experiences I'm having create connections and similarities to the businesses that I work with, with my clients. 
And what I want to do for the rest of the podcast here is I want to share some of the things that I learned along the way to make sure that you're running your business well and not setting yourself up for long-term failure. So here are eight different things that I learned running that marathon. Number one, you have to embrace the journey. Now, in Dallas, the route was relatively flat, but there were some hills that made some sections more challenging than others. But there were also really beautiful stretches along a lake to look forward to. I also had an amazing soundtrack to keep me motivated, and the first few miles flew by. I mean, they went so fast. But after four or five miles, it got pretty boring. Like I said, there was no ball involved. There was no action. It was just you running step after step after step. But by the time I reached the halfway point where the half marathon peeps departed, it started to fly by again. Because you see, marathons are not about the finish. They're about what you do to get there. And it's the same with your business. It's not a sprint, not just because of the speed, but because of the distance. Sprints are fast, but they're also short. Now, with your business, you won't grow quickly all the time. At some point, you will slow down. And you won't meet your biggest goals in the first few years. It takes time. Mastery comes after years and years and years of failures, learning from them, and finding success. So don't set yourself up for disappointment by trying to do it all early on. You are not going to get at the top of the best of the best list in year three. All right, next point. Train before it matters most. Yes, I ran a 26.2 mile race, but I trained for almost 500 miles before I ever stepped foot on race day. I didn't go couch to marathon. It took time. A regular week in the beginning was three miles, three days a week, and then a long run of maybe four, and then the next week, five miles on the weekend. And then after a couple of months, it gradually increased to four or five miles three times a week. And then maybe I was doing 10, 12, 13 miles on my long runs. By the end, I was running six to nine miles three times a week, plus 20 miles on my long runs. With your business, a lot of wedding pros show up to important parts of the job without putting in the hours before, without training before race day. I'm talking about wedding day workflows, thinking about what that looks like, planning that in your head, envisioning what that day is going to flow like. You have to figure that out before you show up and you have to get good at it before you're ever going to master it. Client management, same thing. You don't get great on day one. Discovery calls, I am still working on discovery calls. Katie, after 25 years of doing sales work, still working on discovery calls. You have to practice before you get great. Getting people to do things. All of these can be done outside of work. You have to find ways to ask great questions, to stretch your way of communicating to other people, how to envision what a crisis could look like and what your plan B is going to be. All of these can be practiced ahead of time. All right, another point, get cheerleaders for the tough places. Now, in Dallas, when I was running the marathon, Katie and Nick showed up twice along the way, something like mile five or six, and then somewhere around 18 or 19, I think. Now, the first time, it made me feel really proud. I was, I was flying high. I had the endorphin rush going. <laughs> I wasn't tired yet. And I just remember feeling so proud running by them. And, and they looked so proud clapping, cheering. It was great. Now, the second time I ran by later on in the race, I was really struggling with that injury. 
And Nick, I remember, he was so sweet. He was six years old, seven years old. He got out there and ran with me for like half a mile. I was hobbling along and I was going up a hill and it really motivated me because that's how things are out on the road. In the marathon, you're by yourself. You're running your own race. And many wedding professionals, solopreneurs, you're working by yourself a lot of the time. It's lonely. And sometimes when we connect with other people, all we're doing is just competing with them rather than creating community. That's a lot of what happens on social media or when you go to conferences or you talk to a colleague. You compare yourself and you end up not feeling so good. You're not supported. What you need is people who are going to unconditionally support you no matter what's going on in your business and especially when it's not going well. I'm talking about spouses or significant others, parents, friends outside the industry. You need to lean on them during the hard times to support you and encourage you. Another principle for long-term success is to make sure that you refuel along the way. Do not bonk. If you don't know what bonking is, it's a running term for when your body literally runs out of energy and you can't go anymore. There's no more immediate calories to burn in your system, and so you just can't perform. You have to refuel with simple sugars that can be burned right away. This is why along the marathon route, there were sessions that were set up with Skittles, bananas, oranges, chocolate, shot blocks, and other little artificially sugared treats. But they also had electrolytes because you're sweating all the electrolytes out of your body. You can't just drink water. You got to replenish all of the potassium and the sodium and the other electrolytes that you're losing. You have to replace your energy or you won't be able to keep going. It's the same thing with your business, especially during peak season. Don't do too much without a break. Really important that you take breaks, especially when you're running hard. You have to block out a weekend or maybe even two during the peak season. More on this later. Also, I totally suggest setting a quota for your peak season and sticking to it for a number of events each month. Don't go more than you can handle. And if you really want to get some bonus points, plan a vacation for a long weekend. This is super easy to do. Take a time off, add on an extra day, do something fun. You have to spend time doing what refuels you. And if it's not on a vacation, you got to find ways to do it at least once or twice a week. So you introverts, find ways to spend time alone, to refuel with a book or a journal or a quiet walk or playing with your pet, whatever it may be. But schedule in some alone time. Really, really important. And extroverts, you need to find some social outings to make sure that you are re-energizing with the other people in your life. Another principle for long-term success is to focus on the milestones, not the finish line. 26.2 miles, that's no joke. Even before that, though, the training was really, really hard. I mean, there were days when I just dreaded it. And I thought, I don't know if I can keep running. I don't know if I can get to my long run this weekend if I can't even do five miles on Tuesday. But I had to make sure that I was focused on the short term, the thing right in front of me. And on race day, they had milestone markers set up to keep us going. At first, I felt like it was really there to let me know how far I'd come. It was all about accomplishing things like, all right, mile one down, mile two, check, mile three. Wow, that happened fast. But as the race got longer and the milestone markers felt like they were harder to get to, it was really about motivating me to make it to the next one. It drew me in. I just needed to see it. I could see that big blue marker on that pole and I knew that it was there. And then when I 
get to the next one. I could see it in the distance. That was what kept my focus and kept my motivation. When it comes to your business, you can't think about all the work that you have to do. You can't look at it as 26.2 miles. Instead, come up with smaller, more approachable milestones. Think about how many inquiries per month you need to feed your business, not how many you need to get over the course of the year. Same thing with bookings. If you think, I need to book 25 events this year, but you only book two this month, you may feel like you have a really long way to go. But in reality, all you need to do is book two per month. Same with total number of weddings that you're actually doing during peak season or or whenever it is during the time of the year that you are busiest, you need to make sure that you are not focused on all of the work that you have to do. Just focused on how much work you have to do in the short term. Drop the yearly thinking and go for monthly or quarterly goals. In doing the work, focus on that week's work, nothing more. So when you're in it, when you're on that hamster wheel, plan out your time at the beginning of each week and check things off of that list. That's your milestone, that weekly milestone. And then the next week, create a new list and check things off of that list. Don't think about all the stuff that's backed up. Don't think about all the stuff that's coming down the pipeline. Instead, just focus on that one week. Here's another principle, super important. You have to make sure that you celebrate your wins along the way. Do not wait until the end to enjoy success. Like I said, for me, the first milestone was a huge win. And then I got to the half marathon mark and it was a bigger win. I had run a half marathon a couple years before and every step forward was new territory. I had to celebrate that. When I got to something that had a two in front of the mile marker, like 20 or 21, man, that was a huge accomplishment. I couldn't believe it. I felt like I was almost there. And then of course, when I finished, there were hugs and cheering and medals. And I was actually able to sit down (laughs) for the first time in a long while. So ask yourself, how do you celebrate wins with your business? Not at the end, but during the year, during the month, even during the week. Maybe you need to celebrate with a vacation halfway through peak season, or maybe you set up a big vacation at the end. You can also fill your your life with treats, little treats outside of work. A nice dinner with your sweetie when you hit a mile marker. Or it could be something that you do for your business as a treat. Like when you sell so many weddings or you reach a certain dollar amount sold for the year, maybe you treat yourself to new gear or, or that conference that you want to go to. Here's another principle for long-term success. You have to stick with your predetermined pace. For me, it was my first marathon. I didn't have any other goal other than finishing. I trained at a nine-minute mile for months beforehand, but I knew I'd be slower as the race went along. I wanted 10 minutes as an average. Now, early on, I was at like eight, eight and a half. My adrenaline was pumping. I had to slow down so I didn't burn out early on. Same thing with your business. Don't overdo it early on. You can't go at a breakneck pace all year long. Remember that you'll peter out as the peak season comes along. So plan for it. Here are some things that you can do. Hire a VA during peak season to start when it gets busy. Outsource work for editing during the peak season if you're in photo or or video. If you can, bring in assistance to help on the wedding days. I had one client who told me that she was going to a chiropractor every Tuesday after the wedding because her gear weighed so much and was really putting a strain on her back. And I said, why don't you just hire an assistant to carry your bags for you on the wedding day? It's actually cheaper than going to the chiropractor. 
Another thing you can do, not at work, but at home, is hire somebody temporarily to help around the house. Could be a house cleaner, could be a babysitter, could be somebody to go out and do the grocery shopping or some other kind of delivery service. Anything to help make you spend less time doing things that somebody else can do. Here's another principle. Remember to stop at the finish line. <laughs> I know this sounds silly, but you have to remind yourself. Marathons are 26.2 miles. Very clear finish line. You can see it and you know when you're done. You literally cross a line. But in business, there's not really a finish line, you guys. Most pros I know do not have very clear goals written down for their business. And so they don't know what the finish line looks like. They don't know what a win looks like. How many weddings do you want to book each month? How much per wedding do you want to average? Not start at, but average to meet your financial goals. How much profit do you want to make? Not how much revenue, but how much profit do you want to make? What kind of feedback do you want to hear from your clients and your frienders? How many reviews do you want added to Google? How many times do you want to be published? How much engagement do you want on social media? How many followers do you want to have at the end of the month or the end of the year? What new skills do you want to learn to improve your technical work or your creative output? And how much do you want to expand your professional network? What measures your success? If you don't have numbers associated with this, some sort of objective metric, you won't know when you finished. So instead, what I see is too much. Too much of the more, more, more approach. I want more bookings. I want higher prices. I want more referrals. I want more reviews. I want more posts and stories and reels and engagement. But there's no finish line in sight. I see a lot of wedding pros running on mile 30 of their business's marathon. They crossed the finish line miles back, but they didn't stop or celebrate. Let me tell you about a call with my first client who wanted to book 22 events for 2022. Okay, so this client, we were on our first call and I was chatting with him. He was telling me about what his calendar looked like. And I said, hey, just give me, give me a count. How many, how many weddings are we talking about that are on the books? What do we have left to pick up for this year? This was back in, in March. And he's going through and he's counting and he gets 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. And as he keeps counting... My eyebrows go higher and higher and higher. My jaw goes lower and lower and lower. And he stops at 26. And I'm like, great. <laughs> we need to push pause on any more bookings for 2022. And instead, we need to focus on what you're going to do to celebrate these successes and how we're going to get better business for 2023. You have to know when you cross the finish line. He crossed the finish line four bookings ago. So instead of trying to book 27 in the summer, he decided to go on a one-week vacation to Europe. It was amazing. He celebrated. He refueled. Now, I have other clients who don't just take one week, but take weeks off at a time during the summer. They block that every single year, and they book around it. In fact, to me, it's the biggest measure of success that I have with my clients and that I know of as a solopreneur or a team leader. When you can take a week or two off during peak season and your clients are happy, your team is supported, and your business still thrives, those are the ones who deserve a trophy for the real finish line. Boom. That's it for this episode on Own Your Business. If you've heard me on a stage or a workshop or someone else's podcast, you know I have a hard time keeping it short, but I know you're busy. So thanks for spending time with me today. You have a ton of options for guides when it comes to getting you to where you want to go. I hope you found someone you can continue to trust. 
If you have a friend who could use practical strategies to own their business, please share this episode with them. If you can't think of anyone in particular, we'd settle for a quick review on whatever podcast platform you listen through. 